0: Welcome
1: Pewter Report readers and listeners to another edition, a Super Bowl-bound edition. You heard that right, a Super Bowl-bound edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger, along with Scott Reynolds, and your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl after a 31-26 victory over the Green Bay Packers. Boy, does that feel good to say, Scott Reynolds.
2: Yeah, it really does. It's been a long time coming. Um, listen, we're not supposed to, um, you know, to root for for the team, right? We're supposed to be objective. If you heard my my voice, I'm a little hoarse. I gotta admit,
1: <laughs> were you run, were you yelling a little bit?
2: I was doing some yelling. Yeah, I, I was. And it's, you know, John, when I when I first started covering the Buccaneers in 1995, I was a little spoiled, right? I walked in with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. And uh, the next year, Tony Dungy comes in after a, a bad year from Sam Weiss, who went seven and nine. And uh, you know he turned he turned the the team around, and uh, and all of a sudden, 1997, the Bucks are in the playoffs, and it, it's it's just been it's been one, you know, it, it's it's been a wild ride, and yeah. uh, to see the Buccaneers make it to the super bowl in 2002 was was an outstanding accomplishment for this team and i didn't think it would take this long to get back and so you have to excuse my my hoarseness tonight it was pretty exciting <laughs> seeing this team and and not just not just for for the team and the coaches that have had the, the blood sweat and tears into this covid riddled season going 11 and 5 during the regular season but yeah. also for the fans the long suffering fans the fans that we cater to, you guys out there in Pewter Nation that, uh, that that listen to us here on the Pewter Report podcast, this is special. This is absolutely special. It's a special season for a special fan base, and uh, we absolutely um, love the interaction with you guys here on the, the podcast, on our message boards, on our article comments, and um, this is certainly a night to celebrate. The Buccaneers make history, not just... Because of Tom Brady and not just because of their second Super Bowl appearance, but the Buccaneers become the first team to host the Super Bowl. So a truly special night, John. Buccaneers beat the Packers up in Green Bay 31-26. And uh, as you know, this Peter Report podcast is presented by our great friends at Celsius. So, uh, John, let's let's go. John um you know this is this is really special our friends at Celsius that uh, they sent this along and uh, this is the what they call the orange sickle yes version Good. of Celsius heat the orange sickle mark you got you got a little orange sickle shirt on tonight for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win
1: I got a little orange sickle
2: you do <laughs> yep well i tell you i had this orange sickle um, and it tastes just like like one of those cream sickles, right the, the actual cream sickle um, tasty frozen uh, treat and uh, another fantastic taste flavor by our friends at Celsius um, it, it's it, I like the orange it's my number one favorite this has got that special kind of flavor to it mm. that, that tastes just like a like a cream sickle like a dream sickle if you will they call it orange sickle so make sure that you check this out uh, our friends at Celsius—they're going to have some specials for Peter Report readers later this week. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can go to to Celsius.com, and you—you uh, you may have watched the fight last night. Dustin Poirier uh, knocked out uh, Conor McGregor in the second round of the MMA uh, UFC fight, and he is—he Celsius- drank
1: his Celsius, Scott. That's yes, why he's a Celsius <laughs>
2: athlete. That's why. So. So it was tremendous. But this Celsius heat, its uh, it's got uh, the ingredients, uh, key vitamins, 2,000 milligrams of L-citrulline, 300 milligrams of caffeine. It's a performance energy drink designed to increase thermogenesis and give you that boost of energy. You can find out more at Celsius.com or click on those banners at PeterReport.com and order Celsius when you go to Amazon.
1: Yeah, this is pretty funny. I didn't know this. Alex Abbott says – Y'all joke about players. Uh, it is. Y'all joke about players being juiced up on Celsius. I seen Scotty Miller post like three cases delivered to his house the other day.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Man. Maybe you heard about it on the podcast. Who does? Some of the players definitely listen. So
2: yes, they do. That would awesome. be pretty
1: funny if he did. But all right, so we got to we got to jump into this thing, and we got to address the fact that I took the L this week, dropped to yeah. seventeen and two. Couldn't be happier about it. Literally, humanly. Could not be happier about being wrong. I see a bunch of Bucks fans commenting on it. I appreciate y'all. I had to keep it under it. I really didn't think it was going to happen. Really thought Green Bay was going to win. It was a better team. They proved me wrong, made me eat it. I could not be happier about it. Especially pumped for all of you because I know there are many long suffering Bucks fans in this chat. And what a way to do it, man. I mean, it was a. Another weird game, which, you know, we kind of expected in some ways, you know, it was if, if the Bucs were going to win at least. But in the first half, it looked like, man, Brady's going to just light it up all game long, you know. Yep. But then that offense, that Bucks offense, man, they just can't – four quarters, they just never looked the same. It is just all over the place for four quarters. But the Bucs defense, I mean, I can't say enough about it. It's one thing against the Saints with Drew Brees in his current state, but against the Packers – to rise up the way that they did in this game. I mean, 26 points, but could have been so much worse and so many other opportunities for the Packers down in the red zone. I can't say enough positive things about this defense. Todd Bowles, I mean, wasn't that long ago? We were literally a couple weeks ago, we were like, Man, I don't know if he can. I mean, Taylor Heineke, you know, took him to the ropes, you know. And now and John, he's here, off at Aaron Rodgers.
2: John Market's official, the Buccaneers will have a rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs. That game was played in Tampa at Ram and James Stadium in Week 12. The Chiefs raced out to a 17-0 lead. The Bucs rallied but came up short, and they lost 27-24. to So we will see, for the fifth time, Patrick Mahomes go up against Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Second time as a Buccaneer. They had three previous meetings when Brady was a New England Patriot, and the, the record right now is tied at 2-2 two to two to be determined. The winner right. in just two <laughs> weeks at Raymond James Stadium in Super Bowl uh, fifty-five. Yeah, Bucks maybe forever. We don't know if they'll meet again. Who knows? I yeah, mean,
1: this could be this could be it they'll, for their. They'll, st- meet, for a, their they'll pre- meet again in the
0: series. Super Bowl next year.
1: The next year again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> certainly possible. I mean, certainly I mean, they're possible, the two
0: best teams. It? Definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they definitely look like it right now for sure. I mean, th- this Bucks team in this game, you know, to to be able to do this without uh Antoine Winfield and without Jordan Whitehead for a good bit of the second half at least against the Packers team that's basically throwing on every down uh man it's 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 amazing I mean Andrew Adams wasn't perfect Mike Edwards was pretty close to perfect actually and they come I think the two of them combined to break up that pass right on the goal line at the end of the game uh and just a great play that in my opinion just emblemizes exactly what this team's about. I mean, everybody is at a hand in this thing. I'm writing about it for a post-game column that'll post either tonight if I get crazy or tomorrow morning. Um, But it is just amazing how there is this narrative that Brady's kind of come here and turned this around, and certainly he deserves the most credit. There's no question there. At the same time, it's just part of the credit. It might be the biggest part. Everybody has contributed to this depth all up and down, shaq barrett you know after a season where we were where is this guy half the time comes alive three sacks jason beer paul you know we were talking before the game we're like man if he doesn't do something today you know you just and then he shows up huge and it just felt like it's been that way all season guys when then in the game against the saints with with mike evans not being able to get open and chris godwin dropping all these dropping passes and dropping a touchdown and you know gronk and and brady just barely missing on a couple tyler johnson and scotty miller show up and I mean, it's been that Aaron Stinney stepping in for Alex Kappa and hanging in there, you know, like it's been that kind of a season. The depth of this team was a question mark going into the year, and it's amazing that those guys have had a huge hand in getting the Bucs to this point into the Super Bowl.
0: Yep. Every week week in the playoffs, somebody else is stepping up, you know, a a different unit. And uh, today it was, as John V is saying here now on 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 the chat, um, the pass rush, I mean, where has Shaquille Barrett and JPP been the last four weeks, the last month? They've been literally MIA, and both of them came out and and had their best games of the year. I mean, that was Shaq Barrett circa 2019 today with three sacks. He had two games last year where he had three sacks in the game. Mm-hmm. So him, him coming up big like that and JPP, and, and at times it was both of them. Somebody in the chat earlier also said Vita Vea, that pass rush up the middle. Um, you know, the pressure that he was getting up the middle kind of flushed Aaron Rodgers out to the edges a little bit where Shaq Barrett was able to collect at least one of those sacks was directly because of the pressure that Vita Vea brought up the middle. So, um, you know, and Sean Murphy bunting coming through again with another, you know, after I was I already had him on the most disappointing list. <laughs> After that third and 15 conversion he allowed, I mean, that was just <laughs> that was high school Very, bad. I mean, there was just there was they, no. he, he, you could not have played it any worse. I mean, a high school kid could not have played it any worse. And, uh, but then he comes up with the huge interception and another pass breakup later in the game. Um, you know, ended up with five tackles in the game, I believe, maybe six. He was just really clutch in this game as well, too. So, um, you know, every week somebody else is coming up, and it wasn't Tom Brady today as well as Tom Brady's done this season. Those three interceptions could have really, really hurt this football team, but the defense was able to answer. There were two drives in the fourth quarter after picks that the Buccaneers defense shut the offense down for the Packers, and to me that was really the turning point in the game, them being able to, you know, stem the momentum, to stop the momentum from those turnovers. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that—that that was, to me, that was where I felt like oh, this game's going to completely turn, and then the defense rose up, and all of a sudden it was you know those the Shaq sacks and SMB breaking up a pass on third down, and um, that to me was was, I mean that could be this moment of the season, you know, especially if they go on to win the Super Bowl. I mean those those moments after those interceptions with a team that has not turned the ball over very much this season has not really been struggled to overcome turnover, you know, a defense that hasn't been put in those situations very often against the MVP after just giving up a touchdown off a turnover to be able to rise up twice like that. um, Really, really impressive stuff by that group. They have played through a lot this season. Uh, Some good points and some good super chats here. Robert Farmer says Vita Vea penetration and pressure up the middle really helped JPP and Shaq get clear paths to Rogers. Man, Vita Vea was a beast today. Wasn't he Scott? He came out there and, Played more than more than the snaps that we anticipated, yeah. I'm sure. But, man, he and it was he made interesting a dent in that done. Packers. Line.
2: It was interesting because they, they used V to V on pass mm-hmm. rushdowns more so than in obvious run-stuffing situations. Very and smart. I thought it really paid dividends because he got that initial push up the middle that didn't allow Aaron Rodgers to step up in the pocket. That kept him back um, in, in, a, in a depth where Jason Pierre-Paul from one side and Shaq Barrett from the other – could could really wreck some havoc. And and I thought that 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 was key in helping both Shaq at three sacks, JPP finish with two. They they now sacked Aaron Rodgers five times in each of those these last two victories against the Packers. And Vita Vea's presence was big today. He didn't play obviously in that week six game because he got injured in week five. But now you're gonna have Vita Vea, uh with the game under his belt, coming back from that ankle injury and in two weeks to prepare for the Chiefs, so um, you know they didn't have Vitavea the first go round in Kansas City mm-hmm. or against Kansas City in Week 12. So maybe Vitavea is the difference maker. So we appreciate all these mm-hmm. super chats that are rolling in. Um,
0: do I have to shave my beard? I mean, am I, mean, I allowed to shave my beard, or do I have to keep it? Is what I'm asking. Because I, I think you should it's keep been, it. it. It's a
2: good look for yeah, you yeah, anyway. No, it's
0: not. My yeah. face looks twice as wide as normal.
2: I well, I mean, you know. Uh, but listen, uh, it is not a bad thing. No. You're, you're 50 years old, Mark, so it's doesn't all down. You know, I jumped there
0: anyway. off the good looking fashion train months ago anyway. It doesn't matter. There you I'm go. Like. <laughs> Dragon
2: Lope. Uh, appreciate the super chat. Let's go Nears. Take my money. Super Bowl is ours to win. Should be a healthy Bucks team, too. Hopefully we can plan for Kelsey. Speaking of injuries, significant mm-hmm. injury tonight. Yeah, Eric Fisher left tackle for the Chiefs. Achilles injury. Not sure if it's ruptured, but uh, it sounds like it's it's a season-ending Achilles injury. We saw what Jason Pierre-Paul did against Billy Turner, getting a pair of sacks against the backup left tackle for Green Bay with David Bakhtiari out. We'll see if he can exploit that matchup against the, the reserve left tackle for Kansas City. I'm, I'm guessing Fisher won't be able to make it. But that was one of the matchups that I thought that really favored the Buccaneers was Jason Pierre-Paul versus Billy Turner. Another one was Mike Evans against... Kevin King, and uh, he mm-hmm. we saw him exploit Evans or uh, exploit King for a, a 15-yard touchdown to give the Buccaneers a seven-nothing lead. Then King got victimized by Scotty Miller, and I think w- was the play of the game right before halftime. Mm-hmm. That 39-yard touchdown, very reminiscent of how the Bucks scored against the, Oakland, or the or Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders right before halftime. Mm-hmm. That touchdown really proved to be a pivotal uh, play for the Buccaneers because they they only you know won by what five points so yeah uh, you well, know, getting that touchdown was key
1: yeah and there were so many there was key moments wrapped around that touchdown. Down too, You know, people remember the touchdown, but Jason Pierre-Paul getting the sack on Aaron Rodgers on that first down on the Packers drive before that, then Bruce Arians using a timeout with like 34 seconds left in the half when almost everybody in the league would have just, after they got that sack, okay, second 18, everybody's going to let the clock run, we're going to go to the break. Like, yeah. you know, they, they thwarted the Packers' drive. Packers are going to be content to run on second-down pun. So he calls timeout in that situation to get the ball back, gets the ball back. I mean, he's, Packers weren't that far away, you know, in the, to get the ball back in that situation. Then they get it back. They stay yep. aggressive on fourth down with 13 seconds left, which they should. Absolutely. Yep. You go for that. And you trust your defense can ward off one play to get no-go range. You got to take that. So, yes, did the right thing, converted the fourth down. Maybe the play calling to get there wasn't great, but converted the fourth down. And then the deep shot in that situation, when I think it was the right call, it couldn't do it. I mean you could have run a quick hitter maybe to try and get out of bounds, but the Packers are gonna be ready for something quick like that. And so take the shot and <laughs> what you can do. Yeah. That play to Scotty Miller's worked all season for them, to be honest. And um, yeah. you know, I that was just it. It was it was a very, very well coached. I didn't think the whole game was very well coached offensively, but it was a very well-coached sequence of the game and and I thought it was like you said pivotal in the result.
2: And and speaking of receivers, Chris Godwin, five catches, 110 yards, a huge 52-yard touchdown. No, I'm sorry, not a touchdown, 52-yard catch that helped put points on the board for the Buccaneers. Uh Jonathan Stone with the $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Jonathan. Brady was a man of his word to Godwin. Godwin stated the only thing he got from Brady for his number twelve jersey was a promise to get Godwin to a Super Bowl, and the goat delivered.
1: Pretty awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're killing it right now. Pretty Are getting awesome. Winfield and Brown back for the Super Bowl? Uh, I would suspect yes. I think Antonio Brown and Antoine Winfield Jr. with with two weeks to go for the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think that that is going to be enough time to get those guys back. Mark, it's a big big difference. The last time the Bucks were in the Super Bowl, two thousand two, there was no bye week. Before the game, it was right to the the Super yeah. Bowl from the NFC Championship game. I think this this extra time gives Brown and Winfield and even um, uh, Whitehead Jordan Whitehead who had a, a shoulder injury gives them
0: time to recover. Right and and also um you know get vitavea a little bit in better shape he's going to be able to play more than and i don't know how many snaps that he had today probably more than we probably expected but uh we'll we'll see the snap counts tomorrow but yeah getting all of those guys back healthy again is going to be huge because you're going to need everybody on that defense to be ready to go uh to take on the chiefs i mean they're just explosive watching right. them this evening uh and and really watching them all year the last couple years they're just uh, they're just absolutely loaded um you know with talent everywhere so having everybody healthy in the secondary um uh, but having Winfield back would be huge but hey you know what hats off to a guy like Andrew Adams for stepping in and playing as well as he did and, mm-hmm. and Jordan Whitehead uh until that injury um was playing great two forced fumbles in that game yes. as well so just to see those guys Mike Edwards came in he didn't uh he didn't make any major plays but you know what he didn't give up anything major as well he was steady right back there as well so hey um, speaking of steady Devin white 15 tackles yeah. and a fumble recovery 15 tackles he, you know in, crazy Scott, I, I wrote that that it, it wasn't as an electric of a game as he had against New Orleans right. meaning you know he didn't jump off the uh, the screen the way that he did against New Orleans but that doesn't mean that he wasn't just as effective and his contributions weren't as important because uh, again 15 tackles he was steady um yeah and he was where he was supposed to be for the most part and again they slowed down the the packers running game for the most part which was something that he was a big part of as well um right and and you know just his attitude out there on the field and being a leader that he is is uh was, was huge for this defense uh Ra- raymond p says uh if i buy john ledyard a playoff Lenny
2: t-shirt. Will he yes. wear it next week on the yes. podcast?
0: Yes. yes, I'll wear it all the yes. time. Are you kidding yes. me? I what love shirt are you wearing now? Shirt. You got an orange shirt on. What are you wearing now, John? It's, uh, it's just
1: a cream. Shirt. shirt. It's just an orange colored shirt. Yeah, I just wore it. I wore it. Yeah, throwback representation. I saw somebody ask if that's why we were wearing these. I don't have all the old Bucks gear like you guys have. So well, a, I have to be creative. My,
0: my mom bought this for me last Christmas. And, you know, it's funny. I've told Scott this before too, and we get this a lot because we cover the team. There, you know, people are—you oh, got to be so excited. But you know, we're we're fans to a degree, but we're journalists first, right? So I don't wear yeah. Buccaneer memorabilia. Yeah, I would. There, but my mom just doesn't <laughs> understand that because growing up, I mean, she bought. I I had the footy pajamas from Sears in in 1979 <laughs> and the robe. Yeah. You know, but uh, she still thinks I still wear it. But I'm glad she did because I was able to wear it for this podcast right yeah. no i well, for sure here's, here's the thing
2: too right um you know i've got i've got my my new peterreport.com uh polo one for for the the broadcast tonight i actually wore for the game my old peterreport.com t-shirt with the throwback logo the logo that, that we actually debuted in 2002 um and uh and and that 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 was the year the bucks won the super bowl so i i wore that that old that old Holy T-shirt of mine that is now, you know, fifteen years old or however long it's been. I uh, probably longer than that. Uh, Animal with a ten dollars super chat. Woohoo! Great day for Tampa Bay. I was curious. How do you think Vitavea did? I thought he did fantastic in the snaps. John, you're going to get us the snap count tomorrow morning on on exactly how many plays Vitavea was out there for. But I thought he really impacted the Bucks' pass rush. He wasn't out there that much for for run stepping downs, but. He right. really made his impact there in the the pass rush department.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it was that was the key to the game. We said it before. We said there's no you have no chance unless you pressure Rodgers. If you pressure him, then you have a chance, you know? And they they took that chance and they ran with it. And that's all they needed today. I mean, they were good enough in all other areas to to get the job done. What's crazy to me is that I don't even think we've seen the Bucks play their complete game yet. I mean, that first half was great, but then the second half the offense struggles for a long time. I and mean, obviously they did enough to finish it. But I still wondered, like, man, if this team could put it together for four quarters on both oh, yeah. sides of the ball. I mean, defensively, I felt like they kind of did. That was about as good as you're going to hope to do against Rodgers and the yeah. floor. Like, I really think realistically for four quarters, that's about what you could, that's about peak performance. What you can, especially with both safeties out. I mean, you kidding me? Right. Like, they're, they're so going. I need, thought they. I was need, fine with that.
0: They're going to need to play that complete game to beat the Chiefs. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I know yeah. that it was a close game earlier in the season, but I don't know that right. it was as close as the score indicated it to be. I mean, um, so they're going to need to to be that thing. Let me ask you this though: I was wondering about this, and it is and 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 Tom Brady told I don't remember Strahan or a couple of the people that he did interviews with this week that winning a championship game a conference championship game is actually winning is harder than winning the Super Bowl because you have familiarity with the teams usually you've faced them before um you know it's a long season and and you know it, it's it's more difficult to win a championship game than a Super Bowl um our buccaneer fans are they happy are they just happy enough that they made it i mean i felt like when the buccaneers beat the eagles in 2002 i was just happy they were going to the super bowl i wasn't <laughs> yeah. i didn't care what happened in the super bowl uh I'm just curious. <laughs> well i mean i cared but i i mean Literally, my buddy and he'll remember this. Spencer Robinson. We we sold our soul to the devil that year. We said if the Bucks just win to the Super, just win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl, not win, get to the Super Bowl. We don't care if they ever win another football game. Well, we jinxed them for a long time for about eighteen years after that. But uh, thank goodness the good Lord uh, lets us off the hook on some of those deals sometimes. Uh, but I'm just curious if if you know if if this is the pinnacle or if if uh, how much more excited people are going to be if they actually can go and beat the Chiefs, which I think they can. Oh, I think yeah, they can.
1: I, I, yeah, it's going to take a great game, and they have to be ready. Chiefs are going to blitz, 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 and you have to have hots. You cannot be trying to throw deep, and they are still doing it, and it drives me crazy. And we'll have so much time to talk about this game. I don't want to go too much yeah. into it because we have so much, so two weeks to talk about this game. But, yeah, finding answers to pressure is going to be the key of the whole game. The Chiefs will look at them, Josh Allen, and they just blitz, blitz, blitz. They're, they're yeah. not going to let a quarterback sit back there and pick them apart. They're just not. Uh, Spags is going to have all kinds of
2: pressures ready for that game. Yeah, and and you're right, John. We're going to get into the the we have two weeks to talk about Bucks Chiefs. We're going to focus on Absolutely. Bucks Packers. But you're right. It it, it is going to come down to that. I, the, 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 the last time these two teams met, obviously the Chiefs raced out to a 17 0 lead. Tyreek Hill, two hundred and what, three yards in the first quarter alone, a pair of touchdowns. Yeah. And but really the tail of the tape on this game was third downs. The Chiefs converted mm-hmm. 50% on third downs. The Bucks completed or converted uh 33% on third down. And that was that was the key, really, is 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 just not getting uh the conversions on third down. And I, I think that if if the Bucs were able to stop Kansas City and, and get the ball back for Mahomes or for, for Brady uh getting it away from Mahomes, it would have been interesting to see if they could have tied the game or won it. But uh, I like the adjustments that Todd Bowles made after the first quarter. Let's see if he starts the game, um, doubling Tyreek Hill. That would probably be uh, a wise decision. I have uh, to. Yeah, to trust in Vorbeck with the super chat. Go Bucks! Can't believe we're here. Where's the soul patch, Scott? Well, uh, News Channel Eight nick's the soul patch idea for right now. The soul patch might appear in the off season. Uh, also, Mrs. Reynolds uh, nixed the soul patch idea too. I, I want to stay married, <laughs> so just I'm just keeping it real. Super chat. <laughs> you said in. we
1: got a hundred dollars super chat. She said I don't give a.
2: He said, <laughs> Yeah, that exactly.
1: thing is not happening.
2: Yeah, uh, John, Jonathan. Jonathan uh, says, Mark and Scott, you, you all deserve this too. Spent a lot of years uh, covering Bad Bucks football. John, way to show up at the right time. RIP Trevor. <laughs> so thank you for the super chat. That was that was tremendous. Yes, um, uh, th- it this- is
1: incredible that we're at this point, right? Like, I mean, I, yeah. do
2: you guys? I mean, after the loss, of
1: the Chiefs. Tony Romo called this. He said. You know, I think you know this could very well be the Super Bowl, the Bucks, Chiefs, and we could see these teams meeting again. And I remember uh, we were on this podcast, and I felt like I was the one believing more than anybody at that point in the year. I was yeah. like, "Man, they're they're not as far off as people think." And right. but I still thought that was crazy. I was like, "They're not ready for that. They're not going to be ready yeah. for that in
2: year one." And
1: well, man, the if they haven't found a way
2: to do it, John and Mark, the last time the Buccaneers lost was to Kansas City. They've rattled off what seven straight wins <laughs> yeah. now since the bye week, and and guess what, the magic number is thirty. When the Buccaneers score thirty yeah. points or more this year, they're undefeated. They've scored thirty-one points last week. They scored thirty. The week before that, they scored thirty-one. So three postseason thirty-plus point performances for this team. That's the magic number. Mm-hmm. You know Kansas City is going to put twenty-seven up on this defense. I think. Right, yeah. they did yeah. that before, but if this team can get to thirty, it wins. The Bucks win the Super Bowl. That's the magic number. Get to thirty points, and I think they win this game.
1: Scott might need forty determine- against the Chiefs. We'll see.
0: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> how do they determine who's the home team in the Super Bowl? I mean, I it switches.
1: The, the the it switches every year, and this is the NFC's year. So, Bucks. Okay, are okay so the They're Bucks will
0: get team. to use their actual locker room. I was thinking, yes. how crappy would that be if they happen yep. to go to that old visitor locker room? Which used to be their home locker room until they built that really nice one. So, And the big right. question now is, is, is they going to be able to fire the cannons? I wonder about that. Probably not. That and would be like interesting. Yeah. And,
2: and I, you have to think that, well, here's the thing. Do the Buccaneers, do they stick with the with, uh, with white and, they, and mix it up? Because last time they played the Chiefs, they were in red jerseys with pewter pants. Didn't work out for them. But the last time the Bucks were in the Super Bowl, they wore red jerseys red, with pewter yeah. pants, and it worked out very well for them. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what color combination Tampa Bay Just don't comes out with. Peter.
0: Just don't wear the all-pewter. That's my least. I don't,
2: I, I don't nice. think they're going to. I'm not sure if they're going to wear white or I love red. that
1: one, but I don't think they're
0: going to wear it. Yeah,
2: yeah white. It and, have they won white and pewter for
0: every playoff team? Come out with this.
2: What's that? So no, they, they were red they- uh, red and pewter against the, the Washington football team.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Okay. Yeah, I mean uh, – to me, this game, you know, everybody's doing like, oh, Brady, you know, is he clearly the best? I mean, he's clearly the best. Before I don't know why we revisit this conversation every year. I think it's because there's no conversation to move on to. Like once you've clearly been the goat, like there's nothing else to talk about. So we have to like yeah. just bring it up again every year. Like, oh, is he the goat now? Like he's been the goat. Like it's just it's the way that it is. And so, um, but this game, yeah, I mean, definitely there's something to be said for what this happened this season and Brady's legacy. You know, it's just adding to it. I thought it was already clearly the best. Uh, of, of any quarterback that we've seen, of any football player, that we, NFL player that we've ever seen. Um, now it's just about adding to it. And this is an, another huge addition to that, right? To be able to come in in this year, I mean, <laughs> with the way that the season has been and not have an, in a new system that is, yeah, I, I mean, everywhere Arians has been hard on quarterbacks. Quarterbacks throw lots of picks, lots of hard on receivers. Hard on communication. There's lots of option routes being on the same page, reading things. Tons of high degree of difficulty throws, downfield throws. Brady leads the league in 20-plus yard air throws, completions, tight window throws. Like This offense just asks so much physically of a quarterback, yeah. not to even mention mentally, with what right. you have to process and decipher against pressure. Look at the third interception, for an example, of this. Yeah. They've got a blitz coming. They've got a seven-man protection in. Cornette right. doesn't get over. He's got to get over immediately and pick that up. He doesn't get over and protect that. There's no hot in the offense. It is literally right. just those guys are all running verticals. You yeah. got to throw one up. I mean, that's that is right. Aaron's offense. Like it's just yep. not that's why we get super you know with these longs. And that and
2: interception, pitches, that whatever? second interception by Alexander, where he he picked off the, the passing tenant for Mike Evans on that play, reminded me a lot of the interception that Brady threw against Kansas City. Uh, when he was going to Scotty Miller, so that that that's something yep. that they, they 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 gotta they gotta rearrange that that um uh and and get a hot in there for Brady and that that type of situation you can't have the hot read be chucking the ball 25 yards down the field. Yeah. Uh, Trustin with another super chat, boy, you've been coming through tonight uh, big time. Appreciate it, man. I've been Arrowhead. It's loud. I've been Arrowhead too. I grew up in Kansas City. My first. NFL game was at Arrowhead. I used to watch the Chiefs, Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, Duran Cherry, all those guys. Um, you know, back in the day, I don't have any allegiances to the Chiefs Hank now. Stran. Hank Stram, Hank no, not no, not not Lind that Dawson. old. No, <laughs> no, not that old. But I, I did see Steve you know, Deberg. Was, the down the field <laughs> when he was the the quarterback for for the uh, for the Chiefs back then. So Steve Deberg, I remember seeing the former Buccaneer when he was there. Uh, he says now they now they have to come here, and I'm so pumped for them to to be here in Tampa. Hope we have the color rush. Probably not going to have the color rush, uh, but what I think they're going to go red and pewter, just like tw- 2002. Says Bob Stanley. Mm-hmm. I agree, guys. I just want to like yeah. chime in real quick. My mom has got to be so ecstatic tonight, being a Bucks fan. I was Paris, thinking of that yeah. watching yeah. this, and the funniest thing is is she was born in Washington D.C. Her first team was the Washington Redskins, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bucs vanquished the Redskins in the first round of the playoffs. My mom, though, is one of these fans, just like the, the, the late, great Steve Dumick said, when you move to Tampa, you got to cut your allegiances, and you got to become a, a Buccaneer fan or a yeah, Lightning John. fan or a Rays yeah, fan, right? Yeah, John. Yeah, and John. So my mom, <laughs> my mom when she, when she uh, moved to Kansas City with my stepfather and myself, she became a Chiefs fan. And then in 1996, the year after I moved down to, to Tampa to cover the Buccaneers, uh, mom and my stepdad, Jim, moved to Lakeland and became Buccaneer fans. So, um, uh, boy, what a treat for her to see the Bucs go against the Chiefs yeah. in in this uh, this rematch from Week 12. So very special. Very I, I was excited.
0: I was definitely thinking about your mom today. I was yeah. also thinking about mm-hmm. the longtime Buccaneer employee, Jill Hobbs, the longest tenured yes. Buccaneer employee who passed 43 away. 43
2: years working She'd for the Buccaneer there. organization.
0: Yeah. And, uh, right. and, and just a beloved member of that organization, for her to pass away Friday. I don't still really know what happened, if it was sudden or or what, but uh, certainly caught everybody off guard as far as we we, we in the media knew. So um, yeah. rest in peace and prayers out to her family, of course. But um, Definitely. She, your mom. And Jason Light's dad, uh, they Ron Light, best yeah, best seats in the house tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that about Absolutely. it.
1: Absolutely. Man, it was a, it was a. And just speaking about Brady's legacy again, I mean, it was, it was kind of incredible. I mean, the way that that game happened was, and this is kind of what I'm writing about, but it was kind of a reminder that as good as he's been this season, even in the second half, like everybody, you know, it's not in the NFL. It's just not going to be one dude carrying a team. You always say homes, this, that. He's got literally the best play caller, and this isn't to take away from him at all. That's what people need to understand. When we have these arguments about greatness, it's not to take away. Like The fact that we do this Brady versus Belichick thing is so stupid. Like Clearly, Belichick was an amazing coach with amazing defenses. Clearly, Brady was an amazing quarterback. We don't have to overthink that. It's the same thing with Mahomes. It is a team sport. He's got the best play caller and the best offensive mind in the league right now in Andy Reid, and he's got probably the best tight end, or at least this season, with Kittle Hurt and one of the best, maybe the best wide receiver, Tyree Kill, in the league. Like, that is a team sport. Like, you think he's as good without those guys? And it's the same thing with Brady. Like, he can't do it by himself either, you know? And in this game, he did in the first half, despite bad play calling and plenty of drops and tons of third down, third and long situations. He was unbelievable, and it was the only reason they were even – I mean, they had that early lead, and everybody will put some of the things in the second half on him, but – you got to the full context when those things happen and not be controlled by a recency bias. You know, this is a team that an offense that has asked a lot of them. He's consistently delivered this season in those situations. And then in the second half, when the offense was struggling to do that, the defense rose up and had huge stops yeah. and had huge plays in the red zone. I mean, that's not something that anybody's done this season against the Packers. <laughs> it's just amazing yeah. that they were able to have success in that area of the field.
2: No doubt about it. We, we got some more Super Chats rolling in. Hezo813, if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, will that win top Super Bowl 37 victory as the greatest in franchise history, seeing as how we would have knocked off the defending Super Bowl champs?
0: Mark Cook, what do you think about that? I, I do, well. I don't think it can overtake that just because that was the very first one. But but really, I think it might be, I think they're going to be bigger underdogs in this game, certainly, because we remember that John Gruden had came over from the Raiders. Raiders were running essentially the same playbook John Gruden left the year before with. Uh, I think most people kind of, I don't know most people, but a lot of people expected the Buccaneers to be able to beat the Raiders. This isn't like uh, Bruce Arians was coaching Kansas City last year. You know what I mean? That would be a similar situation. So yeah, I think this would be, um, as far as the magnitude of the game goes and the magnitude of the victory, if they were able to beat the the Chiefs with a brand new quarterback without all the things that went on this season, uh yeah, I think it would uh, overtake that 37 uh, Super Bowl 37.
2: Zydrate 813. Thanks for that super chat.
1: I think it's a I think it would be a more impressive I mean, yeah, I think it would be more impressive. Um I don't know whether it's as meaningful to the franchise. I can't speak to that. You know, I think there's probably always something to be said for the for the first one. But I just think the Chiefs are just such a—I mean, they're just incredible. Like they're—they yeah. literally just sleepwalk through the season, and they—I mean, it's—we. I just don't know. Team than the Raiders like. were. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good. That's the simplest way
2: to put it. Yeah, would be
1: more impressive. Plus, their quarterback's forty-three years old.
2: <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> interesting thing is—is is you, you got to remember, it's like Charlie Garner had a great season in two thousand two for the Raiders. Rich Gannon was the the league's MVP, MVP that year. Here. Yeah. It, but but the magical thing for the Buccaneers in 2002, aside from from, uh, John Gruden challenging the defense to score nine defensive touchdowns, which they did with three Super Bowl touchdowns, uh, an amazing accomplishment. But in 2002, the Laziers didn't trade for John Gruden until February. Not January, February. And and so he had to to bring in all these offensive coaches. He wasn't able to take his staff with him from Oakland, if you remember. So he had to assemble this offensive staff, the defensive staff, Monty Kiffin and those coaches were were intact, but he had to get this offensive staff together. And then as fate would have it, John Gruden goes up against three teams that ran West Coast offenses that he had coached for. San Francisco with Steve Mariucci, Andy Reid with Philadelphia, yeah. and then of course the Raiders, his former team, in and, and a storybook type season. And guys were seen as... Kind of the same storybook-type season here with Tom Brady in his first year in Tampa Bay leading the Buccaneers back home to a homecoming game against the Kansas City Chiefs in a rematch
0: yeah. of that Week 12 game. It's going to be crazy Man, just, when when the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs and uh, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady retire. That's going to be crazy.
1: Crazy. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. know. That's a funny thing. You couldn't have a great story. In all seriousness, I, I was on happen.
0: CBS Sports Radio right after the game, and 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 the host asked me that, and I started thinking about it. I mean, you, if you took this script, right, that Tom Brady comes after 20 years, comes in during a COVID year, doesn't have a chance to do anything, Buccaneers win a Super Bowl in their home stadium, Hollywood scriptwriters would say that's not believable. We're not making that movie. And yet here's the possibility (laughs) of it. There's not going to be if they beat the Chiefs, there's not going to be a better storybook ending that Tom Brady or Bruce Arians could have for that matter. But I also told the host, I think both of them are back next year. But I did say if one of the two were not to be back, I would almost hedge my bet that it would be Bruce Arians. Again, I think he's back. I think Tom Brady's Mm -hmm. back. But but Bruce Arians might be the guy that uh, the, if you had to pick one of the two um, to bet on that might not be back. I would say Bruce a little bit over Tom, but I think they're both back. Even if they win this year, I think they'd love to do it back to back. And why yeah, wouldn't they right. be favorites yeah, again I, next year? Yeah, right. well, that's I agree.
2: The, yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, I mean, it, it's like when you look at at uh, you know at, at the Super Bowl. If you have this team, if the Bucs win or lose, I would like to think you want to come back. You know, I mean, why not try Uh, to go for it again? I mean, this, you know, Super Bowl teams only come around so, so often, at least in the New England Patriots. Then you got Tom Brady. So why would you not want to play another year with Tom Brady?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, mean, I think there's no question. Yeah. I, I agree with you, though, Mark, that if somebody were, if one of the two of them were not to come back, more like they be Arians and Brady. I think Ari Brady's dead yeah, back.
0: I think that's because Tom Brady just loves to play football, right? He's not ready to retire. I'm not saying Bruce Arians is ready to retire, but Bruce Arians could go live at the lake, drive his boat around, listen to his Blake Shelton CDs drink his crown and live out the last ten years of his life. Tom Brady, this is all he knows is football. I, I I'm sure he loves Giselle and his kids and his and his house yeah. in the water and his boat. But but football is his is his life, man, and, and so I yeah. don't suspect he would be the one definitely coming back. But I say well, again, he's, he's just had saying. so much
2: fun this year, Mark, throw right. into all these weapons in a quarterback friendly system. You know I mean? It's like,
0: I, I don't think there's a reason for him to want to retire. And, you know? and, and I mean, John, John said something earlier about, um, you know, what Tom Brady's been able to do this year uh, with, a, with the lack of this and, and how tough it is in Bruce Arians' first year in the offense, uh, how quarterbacks tend to struggle. That means hypothetically, or based on what John's saying, Tom Brady's going to be better in 2021 yeah. that's got to be yeah. scary for the rest of the nfl they got to hope that you know his arm falls off or he you know has a right. boating accident or something like that <laughs> if if not i mean this guy's this guy might throw for 5,000 yards next year and, and he could and 50 uh, I mean, look and five out when
2: when tom brady has got a full off season to to work with these guys and get even better Trustin uh comes through with with the super chat uh lakeland after newport richie uh shout out newport richie happy to hear y'all tonight last super chat love y'all go bucks can't wait to hear the champs pod well hopefully that's coming in two weeks we greatly appreciate yeah. you coming through with the super chat uh Trusten, and and every buccaneer fan that's that's uh, bestowed upon us some uh some super chats so um we have we got lakeland yeah, here sure. in the house tonight it was kind away. of a
1: curious approach for, for this game, though, Scott. I mean, you know, the Bucs came out and we thought, okay, they, they did that whole run the ball on every first down thing against the Saints, but there's no way it's going to be that run heavy again. And it was, it was that That's run so nice. heavy again, and it was even more unsuccessful more than so. it was against the yeah. Saints. Yeah. I mean, almost laughably, it was literally – I was laughing at the end of the game that they were still doing the same thing on first down. Clearly having no success, getting no push – I mean, the O line deserves plenty of blame too. They did not, they were not getting stuff done, period, uh, in the run game. They weren't moving people. Uh, they weren't creating a push at all. And yeah, it just lay really into the into the Packers' hands. And sure enough, like it it didn't end up costing them. They made enough plays in the game, obviously, to, to figure things out. But um, yeah, it was a largely unsuccessful approach to the run game again. You know, between Fournette and Jones, I think it was 22 carries, for right. 71 yards, and that counts the 20-yard touchdown run that Leonard Fournette had, which he basically created on his own. And so, despite all that, you know, they obviously get the victory. They get the 31 points. Running the football has been an advantage for this right now. Yeah, and, and I, I you think, know, think too, John. You know, in terms of this, obviously gotten, you know, in terms of Saints game, it-
2: John, you're breaking up there a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, listen, Leonard fournette had had a tremendous run. I mean, it, it was a tough sledding for the Buccaneers running the ball. He finished with fifty five yards and twelve carries, But twenty of those came on a on a big time touchdown run, mark, where he was hell of a run. yeah, he he was kind of playing PlayStation there, right? He hit the yeah. triangle button to jump up and and hurdle a defender. and then, Hit the spin button, the circle
0: button. It looked uh, like it was going to be the worst run of his career because he ran into—I <laughs> don't know if it was Jensen somebody—and he kind of shoved and bounced off him. And I thought this is a two-yard loss for sure. But he bounced it outside, like you said. He hit the uh, hit the uh, triangle button. I think I don't remember which one does the spin. Um, yeah. But anyway, and uh, and got into the end zone. That was huge. Tristan Wirfs down the field pushing piles. Man, it was uh, it was yes. good to see. And uh, but I, I would have liked to have seen Ronald Jones run the ball a little bit better. I don't know why the Buccaneers weren't able to run the ball better, because the uh, the, the the Packers you know weren't great against the run. But um, whatever, man, it worked. They ended up winning the football game. How crazy yeah, is this? Not. I was thinking the Rams did the Rams not get a sack against Aaron Rodgers last week, and the Buccaneers end up with five. I I, mean, I that's can't just, remember. It's just mind boggling to me that that defensive yeah. front uh, for for um, for the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. they didn't, definitely didn't get home the way the Buccaneers did. I even mean, if they did get a couple sacks last week, but I don't exactly. think they
2: did. So Buccaneer Bruce, um, representing Overland park, my old hometown back in, in a suburb of Kansas city says, uh, the Super Bowl is on my 49th birthday. It's going to be a long two weeks here in Overland park. Overland park is, is in, it's in the heart of, of chiefs kingdom, uh, chiefs territory. So stay, stay true. Stay proud. Uh, Buccaneer Bruce, hang in there. Um, greatly appreciate the super chat tonight. Um, guys, I I'll tell you what, um uh, we, we've, we've got a lot to talk about between now and the Super Bowl when it comes to Bucks versus Chiefs. This is going to be a rematch of week 12. Brady and Mahomes meet for the fifth time. We've got a couple stories about the rematch and the, the Brady Mahomes series. So check those out on PeterReport.com along with our Bucks. Packers post-game coverage. Uh, we'll be continuing on through the night, have the two-point conversion tomorrow along with with snap counts, the Bucks Monday mailbag, the Super Bowl edition, Mark, first time ever, Super Bowl edition of the, yes. of the yes. Bucks Monday mailbag on purereport.com So lots of, of great coverage coming up. Um, but you know what it's time for, guys? I think it's time for some game balls. Let's, let's dish out some game let's balls. Let's do it. Yeah. But you know what, John? Before we do that, you know what we got to do?
1: we got to talk about our friends over at
2: Manscaped. That's right. All right, so are you ready for some football? The biggest game of the year is upon us on February 7th in Tampa, and it's time to get your balls feeling super. Our partners at Manscaped are here to tell you that already over 2 million men trust Manscaped products for their below-the-waist grooming needs. So, listen, here's what you need to know about Manscaped. they got the best tools to help predict Help reduce nicks and cuts before the best game and choose the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. This Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the Lawnmower 3.0. Oh, yes. Which is this guy right here. All right. Lawnmower. The Lawnmower 3.0, it's simply the best hygiene tool in the modern man for the modern man. And the best part about it is it comes with this awesome light right here. So you see what you're doing. That's very important. Because of the ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. That's very important. And don't settle for the unnecessary roughness below the waist. It's also waterproof. It's got a 90-minute battery, so you can recharge this thing, take it in the shower with you to do the dirty work. And believe me when I tell you, this is the Super Bowl champion of ball trimmers. Now, the Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver right here and the Crop Reviver right here. Now, the Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your nuts in the game for all four quarters. The Crop reviver yeah. is the spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel uh, extracts that's going to give your balls a nice boost in clutch time. And the- Manscaped, even through in this right here, this is what they call the shed. It's a travel bag. It's high quality. It's designed to keep all your goodies whether it is the the lawnmower 3.0, the Crop Preserver, mm-hmm. and the Crop Reviver, all in one neat little place. And that's the right. best part about this is they're going to throw in some boxer briefs that are the softest boxer briefs I've ever tried on. Truth. It, and and it, what that's going to do is that's going to bring your boxer game to the next level. So complete your top-to-bottom grooming game with the new refined cologne, signature sent by Manscapes. Mrs. Reynolds loves this. I, I got this last week. So does Mrs. Ledger. Yeah, we talked about it. This is a fantastic smelling fragrance. Yeah,
1: it And
2: is. it's the same signature scent that's in all of the Manscaped formulas. So this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. It's that signature scent from Manscaped. It's called Refined. It's a whole new game for your balls when it comes to the big game. So get 20% off, free shipping. Use the promo code pewter when you go to manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping. Use the promo code pewter when you go to manscaped. So you want uh, your balls to be super? Well, they're going to do that. Super they're going to be super with manscaped. And I'm also going to tell you about the Weed Whacker, too. This is a tremendous product for ear and nose hair. So whether it's the Weed Whacker, whether it is the uh, the Lawnmower 3.0, or the new Refined Cologne, from Manscaped. You can order any of these great products at manscaped.com and use the promo code pewter for 20% off free shipping. And yes, we are continuing. We're backed by popular demand. Get a free pewterreport.com t-shirt available in white, gray, and black. All you have to do is order from Manscaped. Email me your receipt. Your proof of purchase is not going to have any of your financial information on it. Email it to me at sr at pewterreport.com. And I will send you a shirt for free. Just all I need to know is what color and size, and we'll ship that off to you. So it's a great way to, um, you know, if you're looking for a great Valentine's Day gift, right? If, If the wife or the girlfriend says, you know, what do you want for Valentine's Day, honey? Manscaped. It's the way to go. Yeah, do it. All right, game balls. Here we go. Game balls for the NFC Championship game
1: to get to the Super Bowl victory. No big deal here. No pressure in picking these to make sure that they make sense. Mark Cook, do you want to go first?
0: Yes, I'm going to go first. Why are we hearing echoes everywhere? Oh, well. We're we're not. You're good. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go true? offensively. Uh, Chris Godwin is my is my guy. Um, Chris Godwin had a terrible drop there in the first quarter. Came back with a tremendous catch on a deep ball where he had to adjust go up, come down with the ball. Um, ended up being the leading receiver for the Buccaneers. So I was really excited to see him bounce back. And uh, hopefully he'll have you know that confidence to be back moving forward into the Super Bowl because they'll need him to play very, very well if they're going to beat the Chiefs. Uh, defensively too simple it was too easy Shaq Barrett I mean a guy that I've been complaining about uh for the last month where's he been he's you know costing himself millions and millions of dollars boy he sure showed up at the right time the Buccaneers needed every one of those three sacks from him also the two by JPP but they needed all three of those to be able to slow down Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense so uh Chris Godwin Shaq Barrett those are my two game balls and uh, I'm going to go uh, spray some um, games, uh, some, some ball spray in a little while. I forgot about that today. I need to do that. There you go. All right.
2: Um, I'm going to go and go with mine. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to switch it up. I, I'm, I'm going to recognize um, a great play by Leonard Fournette, a great catch by Chris Godwin, um, a great touchdown by by Mike Evans, and a great touchdown by Scotty Miller. And some great sacks uh, and a great pick by Sean Murphy Bunting, but I'm I'm gonna give the game balls to Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles offensively and defensively. Bruce Arians has you know he's been out coached sometimes. We've we've talked about that. I think Bruce Arians done a fantastic job with game management, especially in this game. Uh, Didn't look like it for a second when he called a timeout, but he. He had that premonition that Sean Murphy Bunting was going to intercept the pass. And then instead of going for the punt on fourth and four, he sent Brady back out there, a little six-yard pass to Leonard Fournette, converted uh, the the fourth down into a, a first down. And then they had the guts to go for it. And I thought that was the difference in the game, getting that that touchdown on the board right before halftime really gave the Bucks a boost of momentum. So Bruce Arians with an outstanding job. Um, with game management byron Lefwich, great play calling i thought the entire uh, game and then defensively todd bowles uh, was aggressive the whole time with man coverage yeah cost him a little bit and carlton davis gave up a touchdown pass a 50 yarder uh, to marquez uh, valdez scantling at the same time though um, they got five sacks from the bucks defense and a very timely interception by sean murphy bunting who by the way three interceptions in three playoff games so i thought outstanding coaching all the way around and yes can't forget ryan suckups field goal which was crucial mm-hmm. yeah
1: okay you guys picked the all the ones for us. um this is tough if i'm trying to do something different um offensively i mean there's not a whole lot to choose from i, I, I know mike Evans finished at 351 and a touchdown but i don't think i can pick him with the way that he played down the stretch in game um you know but also, he had the turnovers, even though Brady was probably the catalyst for the victory because of his first-half performance in the second half. Uh, wasn't quite as sharp in that game. I mean, I think the offensive line definitely deserves a shout-out, um, so I'll give give them the game ball on that side of the ball. Because I think that – I mean, the protection all game was pretty good, um, but then it was really when they did get protection, it was usually off blitzes and confusing other members of the protection group, you know, Fournette, like on the, on the the on the third and – interception and so I think that the offensive line played really well Um, you know they continue to take away other teams best pass rush you know Z'Darri Smith was not highly impactful in this game he did beat Ali Marpet once I noticed early in the game but overall I felt like the offensive line took away Green Bay's what Green Bay wanted to do as a pass rush group we knew Green Bay wasn't going to blitz a lot so it was really going to be about winning those matchups one-on-one up front and they didn't do that throughout most of the game the best two members were Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith. I mean, yeah. I really think Donovan Smith might be out playing Ali Marpet in the playoffs, and that yeah. is just ridiculous. I don't know how to even <laughs> – I mean, not, and I've been his biggest biggest fan, but that's crazy that that's happening, and he's putting it together the way that he has. Me and Tristan Wirfs were unbelievable in this game. And even Aaron Stinney, the fact that he gave up, it was – Really a coverage play. I mean, he got kind of run over slowly. It certainly wasn't a great rep, but that's what you you know for your fourth interior offensive lineman or fifth or whatever he was at the beginning of the season. That's yeah. still a good enough rep to win. And he's given him a performance that you know, you can win with. And uh, out in space a few times, Ryan Jensen was big in this game. You know his the the Gronk screen that was a huge play in this game. He was able to get out in space and you know not block a guy in the back, which was huge. But with work- mm-hmm his way around in front and get him from the side and turn him um i just thought they played a great game heads up clean um they were just they were really impressive defensively you guys named a couple really good ones wait scott who did you name again
2: defensively well i i just gave it to todd bowles i just thought to that he bowles. did a great okay. job applying pressure you know obviously shaq barrett with with the three sacks jpp right. with two sean murphy bunting with the clutch interception yeah lots th- of playmakers, who- but. It, Right. But it, it was that aggressive play calling that I liked from Ty Bowles. It really yeah. put the pressure on the Packers the entire game.
1: Well, I think I, – for me, it's Sean Murphy Bunting. You're you're dead on about Bowles and, you know, and Mark, you're dead on about Shaq Barrett. And, and you could pick JPP, Vita. But to me, I just – I love Sean Murphy Bunting's story, man. To me, like, he's what football is all about this season. Like, he clearly did not have a good year. You yeah. know, I was saying, like, this is a guy you have to sit down if you want to have a chance in the playoffs. You have to be able to play other people at this point in the season. He just He's crappy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just not likely. I didn't think he was going to get better. And man, if he he just has kept battling, and he still technically you knew he grabs guys. And I'm not saying I'm picking him. You know, in my top 40 corners in the league or 50 <laughs> corners in the league or whatever. I'm not saying that right now at all. But I'm just saying I love the story because it's what sports and football is all about. It's a guy that struggled and it really had to kept picking himself up, picking himself up, picking himself up all season. And they kept believing in him. They didn't quit on him. They didn't bench him. They didn't – you know, that could have been the wrong move. I'm not saying even that there weren't times this season where they should have done that. But they stuck with him, and he responded in the playoffs with an interception in three straight games. That's incredible on many levels, but largely because he wasn't even a a big interception guy before this in his career. And so just the fact that he stuck with it in that trajectory and he makes the interception. And I know people like, oh, it was a hold. I mean, yeah, like technically, but that happens all the time. That was not an egregious hold or anything like that. It's just getting yeah. blown up because it was a playoff game. And then he broke up the pass on third down after the right. after the turnover. That was a huge play in that game. Again, like people are like, oh, you know, but Lazard's pushing him too. I mean, that's just part yeah. of it. Within you know five to right. ten yards, and so it, that, that's yeah, I think that he deserves a game ball still.
2: And also too, we we should recognize Jordan Whitehead two forced fumbles, including a, a key fumble that was recovered by Devin White. His second fumble recovery in as many weeks. White finished with 15 tackles. Uh, just a, a fantastic job today. Um, this defense continues to play complementary football uh, as as the offense still carries this team, but the defense doing its part. So yeah. that's fantastic. Guys, it's been a fun night. Uh, Bucks and Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium, February 7th in two weeks. We're going to have all the the the... Coverage uh, from that game uh starting now from yeah. PeterReport.com for the next two weeks. So check out PeterReport.com's coverage. Uh you know what tomorrow is, guys? It's Victory Monday. We're gonna have another <laughs> podcast for you. Uh 7:30 tomorrow night, a victory podcast, Victory Monday podcast, where we're gonna do a lot of QA. So bring your questions. Um, we're gonna have a lot of of uh injury updates uh, for you uh about Antonio Brown, about Antoine Winfield Jr., about Jordan Whitehead, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So stay tuned to pewterreport.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube yet, what are you doing? Do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're here watching us on YouTube. Just uh, go to, to Pewter TV. If you're not on YouTube, click the subscribe button. It's free. And then click on notifications, and you'll find out when we're live. So um, very happy for the Buccaneers. Very happy for Jason Light, who, who's really built this team. Um, not from scratch, but he, but uh, not many not many Pretty guys from, from 2014 <laughs> on, on this Pretty roster good, right yeah. now. So, right. Uh, For Mark Cook, for John Ledyard, and for everybody at pewterreport.com, uh, for you Buccaneer fans, this one's for you. Your Buccaneers are Super Bowl bound, and we'll see you tomorrow night, 730, for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.
0: Out.